Guys, it's your favorite Jamaican femme, and you're about to hear As Told by When. It's episode number three, and we're locked, loaded, and ready to be unpacked. I'll be joined again with my brother, Deron, talking about getting paid, working, and hustling. You know, getting that money isn't easy, but as young adults trying to hold that dream career, we've had to go through a few rough jobs just to pave the way. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> Didn't actually think that you'd be here for episode three, right? Imagine. All right. So, working, yeah, getting, getting paid. paid, hustling. It's weird because we have had similar but really different um, oh. experiences of the working world. True. True. Really similar but really different. Mm. But I think that's an age thing. And we'll get obviously get into that. Okay. Um, all right. All right. So before we go any further, I want to start with Jamaican proverb this time because mm-hmm. last time we started, we ended with we ended it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll just start with it this time. Ready? Let's do it. Nanny goat never scratching back till you see wall. Well, I mean that for me, that's easier to understand. So that is obviously the wall and dessa. Mm. So nanny goat no no, it has to scratch back. So basically, because it's a wall, mm-hmm. you want to scratch back. Okay, all right. To all make right. this more English, that just means you don't know what you have. You don't know what's available till you see it. Mm. And that's essentially what I think the proverb means. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. It mm. means to await proper opportunity. So instead of rushing for things and going to see opportunities that aren't necessarily for you, just wait. Await the proper opportunity. Await for it to be your turn to get into that section of life that you're supposed to be in. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, it links in. It's nice. And how fitting for today's little session, right? How so? No. Wait, how so? In terms of getting paid. Getting paid. You know, this whole adulting life. Now mm-hmm. that we're like young adults getting ourselves into this whole aspect of chasing our dreams and careers and stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know how it is for you um, and how your thought process is, but definitely has been a hustle. It's been a hustle for me for, like, a long time now, since the age of 16. Yeah. And, you know, for different reasons and everything. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. And do you think that mom has an ins- uh, like some form of inspiration on us? Because you know that lady has been working two jobs. But this is the thing: her hustle is different. Her hustle is way before that. Um, like again, similar to episode two, her hustle started in Jamaica, and it's you know continuing to this day in the UK. So, mm. you know, my hustle obviously started here, mm-hmm. but again, very similar but very different. But it's so. the same for me too. My hustle started here, whereas mm. mom hustling in Jamaica. This woman is an entrepreneur mm. and she's the only entrepreneur that I had any kind of exposure to. Because while she was teaching, a full-time teacher in one of the most well-known and respected high schools. It's a prominent school. It's yeah. a very prominent school and I'm blessed to have attended. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for her to have been a teacher there, respected and everything, she started a full-on hot dog business while she was teaching. Sorry? Yeah, did you not notice? Wait, no, no, no. I feel like I do. 
but I didn't. I was young, so I didn't care. No, you weren't even born yet, Daryl. Oh, okay. That's the right, whole so thing. So I don't know at so all. So you don't know about this at all. So yeah, mom had a full-on hot dog business. This is why I'm saying that she's the first person that I've been exposed to in the entrepreneur side of things. Because while she was teaching um, for the children who were disadvantaged or didn't have the money to come and buy their school lunches, because, you know, like... Although the education system here is great, you do have the opportunity to have free lunches. Yeah. So in Jamaica, the free lunch option isn't something that is available to them. So mom was like, you know what? For these kids, instead of having them go through the whole school day hungry and linking it to her own experience where she was in their shoes when she was younger, going to school without any lunch money and any any food to eat in her bag, she thought, there are still children living that life and I'm going to help them. Exactly. So, Even so that's if it's what just she did. hot dogs. I yeah. don't understand how... Um, no disrespect to my mom. Um, but obviously, I don't know how hot dogs really help. It helped in the sense that they had something to eat. Because the lunch in the canteen was... Yeah, it was a wide range and they had the option of having like yam, banana, ackee saltfish, patty chicken, rice and peas, all the options. It was still something that the kids had to pay for. Whereas the hot dogs, you just literally boil the sausage, put them in a one bun, put put ketchup on it. Two minutes, Mm. exactly. And then she never charged them as much as the canteen was charging for their box lunches. Is that where it came from? That's where it came from. Wow, yeah. She wasn't charging them as much as the canteen was charging for their box lunches. So she just said, you know what, you guys, you can give me like a 20 a 10 or $20. And then that's what she would use to buy the the things that she needed for the, the buns and the hot dog. And then after a while, it started to grow. And then the teachers, because it was diverting and it was a cheaper option for lunch, it was diverting some of the kids. And then it just grew into, you know, like hearsay, gossip. Mm-hmm. They stopped buying lunch in the canteen. <laughs> Mom started growing a little business. And mm. with that said, of her being a teacher, and she was a home ec teacher cooking already in the school, teaching yeah. the children how to cook and sew. Um, and then selling these hot dogs, it just went from nothing to um, a, a million, like a hundred miles an hour in no time at all. And in the rest of the school, the teachers didn't like it. So they made a complaint and obviously you had to yeah, stop there. I was going to so, ask that because obviously there, I mean, in the UK, that wouldn't fly, but I'm impressed. My question is with that though, why wasn't it something that instead of the um, the school taking a negative, like run to it why didn't they try implement it into like the regular cuisine that was available because looking at it from uh, an education point of view if the government doesn't approve it then they're not going to do it only Mm -hmm. school approved by the government activities would fly so yeah just like the uk then but you see the thing is mom with our big so let me get it straight the school you went to i'm trying not to name the name of the school but the school you went to was no name it name it i went to saint hughes high school all right saint hughes and for the listeners that's an all-girls school as well Uh uh-huh it's an all-girls school but it's one of the best schools in mm. the whole of the Jamaican diaspora. Yeah, you said big up all my swans. Big up all my girls that I went to school with. Fidelitas and all that. Class mm. of 2006. I am repping you guys. Although I didn't graduate with you. I am still repping all of you. Mm, and yeah. But yeah, alright. So um, with that, 
is very similar to the UK system, like I said. Mm. And um, it got stopped. I remember, um, obviously, that we, like, your school still did stuff like uh, barbecues and stuff. So yeah, remember- it was a very sociable school. Not going to hesitate from mm. letting that be known. Um, the school did a lot of things. Mm. But during a normal school day, which is what mum was really focusing on, was the fact that children came to school without any food to eat. Because they were disadvantaged at home. They didn't have the money to buy food. They didn't have the money to buy food at school. So her priority was to ensure that they had something to eat. Because if you don't eat, you can't concentrate. You can't learn anything. True. You can't do anything on a hungry belly. So for her, that was like, let me just do a little thing for these guys. Obviously, I can't just buy it out of my own paycheck. So mm. if they want something, I know that they're already paying money to come to school on the buses. They might as well just take like 10 or 20 out of what they are spending so that they can actually get something to eat. And it's something that is enabling them to last throughout the day. Do you know but, the craziest thing is as well? She even does it to this day. And I know it's a slight tangent. We're running ahead of ourselves. But even with the curriculum she's um, forming with um, the school that she is now in the UK she makes sure she cooks stuff that the kids can eat straight away mm-hmm. so like the recipe she makes um, even even it's stuff that she doesn't want the kids to like take home specifically there'll be stuff that covers all spectrums that they can take to their parents as well as eat now yeah and this is just the kind of it's the kind of person that she is she's just a whole grounded really kind-hearted kind of person and and the entrepreneurial skills that she's got she's put them to the she's put them to the test so to speak to the point where people even though she's doing the recipes and she's doing the cooking lessons with her children in the class that she's teaching at the moment um the parents who ask her for the recipes and they want to know what they are but you know the thing is that she doesn't give these recipes and she i don't think she would want to give them out because she wants to eventually and she still has this dream of opening her own restaurant so yeah, our mother. This is where our ho- our my. I don't know. I can't speak for you, but oh no, this is the dream. You know how we were always talking. The, oh, you know, mom. When we make it, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna help you. You know, either get comfortable in a house you love or mm. set you up in a business that you love. This was all, but this is again like this is a Jamaican and a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. We just like the Africans really respect our elders and we want to yeah. do right by them. Yeah. And then, and you know, sometimes it, 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 it forms a very like tangible and fiscal thing where we want to show our appreciation by giving them money or giving them things yeah. or bestowing them with stuff just to show how much you love them. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's not something that, you know, in the grand scheme of things matters. It's all about, you know, making memories and love and everything. Mm. But that's still a very integral part to um, the whole, you know, Jamaican experience. And that's what we do. So we've always said to her and we always say, you know, we're a product of you. So we need Mm -hmm. to give back to you and we need to give thanks to the fact we were on this earth. Right. So there's that. Right. have you noticed we've digressed from the point of this episode? No, it actually quite Are fits you sure? in. I do fit. I do. Okay. I do. No, c- listen. Mm-hmm. It's about getting but... paid, okay. working, and hustling. And sure. yes, as for us living the lives that we're living in now, we've started by looking at the influence that we've had on our lives for the reason why we are doing and why we've gone in the routes that we're going on for our own personal journeys now. I started by saying that looking at mum 
for all of okay. our lives, she's had two jobs. Yes, she went to university. She spent all those years. She did all those essays, got all those grades, did all those practices in schools, mm. but then decided that, no, I can't be doing this. I see that there's a problem and I need to fix it. So let me just get my entrepreneur skills on and see okay, what I okay, can do okay. to do that. So that's where I'm looking at with the whole thing. Right. I was even going to move on from the whole hot dog thing yeah. to the hospital that she was working and, in at the same time. Oh, mm, and that was when you were I'm, born. I'm talking about before even we were born. I'm before talking we about, were born. I'm talking about the, the hostels where she went stateside and stuff. Before we were born. No, that was after after she did the um she did the hot dog thing and mm-hmm. then she did the hospital where she worked as a dietitian mm-hmm. but when school was out for the summer she would go to america and she would work for a little while she did so that on several summers she did mm-hmm. that on several summers for you in your lifetime but yeah. for me it was since i was like really young yeah so you see the thing is with mom and the way that she works the way she operates really has inspired me because yes i did look at her and i thought mm, let me just be a teacher because that's exactly where I want to be with my I looked at her and I was just like this is the role model that I want to aspire to just completely copy I would I don't know if you remember but the whole like playing school on our veranda where we had like I'm gonna name them because I don't think they're ever gonna watch or listen to this Siobhan and Jevon the two brothers and we had um nostalgia That's so we had Brittany oh, over the other side. Fatty Brianna, skinny Brianna. Fata, fatty Brianna and skinny up. Brianna. And then we had Annalise. Mm, yes, Martin. all those people that used to come and sit on our veranda and I used to play school with them. And then when it wasn't school on a Sunday, we used to have Shevan and Jevon come over, come play church. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you see, it's always be Or um, when I wasn't allowed to leave the house because mommy used to leave us in the house on our own and she was just like, you, you better not take yourself out of this house yeah. whilst I'm not here. Yeah, but we still use thanks. a thief and go out anyway. But thanks. the times where I'm like not wanting to go outside and we're playing shop, Annalise used to come to the window. We used to like sell our dollies or whatever. And it used to be one of those things. So it was always in us that Mm. we wanted to do things or we were working for ourselves, not working for other people. Now, fast forward a few years and we're now in the UK. Because obviously you're older than me. Of course. I want you to tell us, you know, every occupation you've had, even volunteer work. Right. And why, you know, (laughs) like... Well, well, you know, looking at the kind of person that I am, I'm very, very for the people. So most of the work and the volunteer kind of work that I've had usually surround helping other people. Um, for example, the, the obviously me wanting to go off to university, much to mom's dismay, me going off to trained to be a teacher when she said to me no mm. don't do it i'm talking even before don't that even before you it. got to uni before i got to uni i want to hear everything even all right. the menial jobs <laughs> and, like the volunteer jobs right, right. okay wanna... all right so we're gonna go back to the bare bones then oh, bare bones here. okay so looking at the first ever job that i had i want to i'm going to say it was a paper round because oh yeah god <laughs> Oh. Yes, that paper round that was the bane of all of our lives, but it yeah, definitely listen, listen. helped me out. Listen, certain someone said all of our lives, and that's facts because <laughs> you didn't have that job. We all had that job. 
we Yo, all had that job. We got the worst route. Well, I got the worst route, and there was no way that mum was going to let me do that route by myself. Now unpack and that properly. Therefore, unpack, unpack all right, that fine. Properly. Let me just unpack it. Where did we live when you had? We that job? lived in um, a really far end of the mm. town. And where was your paper round? And my paper round was in the middle of <laughs> the town. Who is this? So, <laughs> imagine. Looking at that, you know how we're like enthusiastic as young ones, knowing that we're going to get our first paycheck for doing this. And it was just like, ah, let me just do this round. Did it for the first time by myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do all of this. So having to lug that heavy bag behind me from my house, walking as a 15, 16 year old person. You know what's crazy about it? Mm. You know, when you first got that paper round, mm-hmm. you didn't get the dolly. You didn't get the trolley. I know, I did. It was a bag, bag first. that we were carrying. You had to carry the carry bag Carry the first. bag. And the bag was so heavy. The dolly heavy. came a month later. <laughs> you know, it was it was, it was was a struggle because one, mum wasn't driving. Mm. And I was too young to drive. Mm. You were really young. There was if no you were 15, I would have been like eight. So it was, it was just like, right. But then looking at the route that I had, it was just, yeah, it was too much. So mom just said, no, let's just do that. So then that automatically became mom's third job at that point. Because Mm. when she wasn't working, her second job, when she came here, it was, let me go take Wendy and this bag. And we do this on a Wednesday evening. And that's what we did. We yeah. went, we did that round. It was, yeah, that was my first job. It was the hardest job. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting p- the money in my account. I was like, look at money. And what did to I do with this money? With that, you know? I can't remember. And I can't even, I can't even go into that because I really don't know. It weren't much, but it was, it was like, it wasn't it was enough a lot, for a 15 year old. But it was enough for me to be like, I'm actually getting paid. Mm. I'm going out there. And I can remember the first thing that I bought was a belt. You remember the, back in the day where oh, these big chunky big belts. statement belts. Beyonce belts. <laughs> the Beyonce belts. The Beyonce belts. On the outside of your top to show that you were wearing a belt and the end of it used to hang out yeah, just yeah. either on the side you or in the you used to loop it round or you just let it fly. <laughs> and oh, it used to boy. have all these things that used to like decorate it and everything. Yeah, that was my first purchase and I was yes, so happy yes. with that. And then I made another purchase of one of those again. <laughs> I, and I ended up having like, what, three or four of those kind of belts and then mm. that was all I wore. Because I remember around the same time you set up your little child account with mum and it was like... Mm. Like you were like, oh, I'm ready for peas. Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was well and truly ready. And as soon as I got my bank card, I was like, let's go shopping. <laughs> oh, crazy. And I went shopping. I definitely did. That was the first thing I did. And I was like, all right, fine, cool. But then it was time to get serious. So I was like, I can't be doing this paper round anymore. I can't be logging this. This is too far from home. So there I go, quitting mm-hmm. that one. But there's that. So that's your first job. Mm-hmm. What was your next My job? My second job was working in retail for a big old supermarket that I shall not name because I'm not being sponsored by them. Mm. So, yeah, working with that supermarket, I was um, on the customer services team, mm. literally just doing the kiosk or um, on the tills. I was never on the store floor because I was really? too good for that. Yeah. With, I'll get to me later, but... There is a real, um, especially with like uh, food retail outlets, mm. there's a real like, hierarchy in regards to um, what you do and what that equates to mm. um, in terms of your your position in the firm. So for you to be on the till or on customer service, so returns or purchases, 
means that you know you're good with people and this what what age were you when you did this i was 16 when so I imagine myself. imagine that kind of um responsibility um and you're not even you know not only was i not only was i doing well. that i was also the voice over the tanway mm. everyone enjoyed me speaking so i was just the only one that spoke over that tanway mm. <laughs> i'm not gonna do it now because mm. obviously i've lost my like it's been years. Yeah, it's been. A I don't long even. Time. I I would want to ask, but I don't want to expose you like that. Because mm. I mean, you're a, you're an advanced lady now, apparently. Yo, so. thank you. I mean, what? what this, you're you almost thirty. Ah, uh, great. I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Lex, month I'm twenty two. The game is the game. There's nothing wrong with being thirty. No, Let me imagine just say that. I blinked and I was. I'm 22 now. Imagine mm-hmm. I, I I remember my 18th birthday vividly. Let alone mm-hmm. let alone the times we're living in now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, you don't want to pack, unpack um, your retail. It experience? was a really easy job. Not gonna lie, I literally loved it. I woke up every morning that I had to go to work. I put my uniform on. I mm-hmm. walked all the way down. Went into the shop. Opened up the shop. Did what I had to do. You opened up. Yeah. So you had those. You, I had that responsibility. Have, like, I didn't have the stuff. key, but mm. I didn't have the key all the time. But I did go and I opened the door, went to the kiosk, greeted the first two customers that were always outside on a Saturday morning waiting to come in to do their shopping. Yeah. And then just worked the whole Saturday. And that was my that was my easy job. And then obviously I upgraded to another day, so Tuesdays. So I worked Tuesdays and Saturdays, Tuesday afternoons. Um, and that was mm-hmm. like after college when I could. So was, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say because uh, you're 16, you're at college, mm. um, first couple years, and, and I wasn't going to the same college in the same town either. That, yeah, so again. I had to make sure that I was back in time mm. to start my shift and got changed at work. Your place of work was in our hometown, but mm-hmm. but my college you went to was college like in the half an hour yeah, away. The next town. Yeah, half an hour away, and I was relying on college transportation to get me to and from. So yeah, yeah. So that was that was my. So it was literally Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays and Saturdays, and then if I wasn't working, I mean, like not going to college, then I would increase my hours and work um, more hours during the week. And on Saturdays were my long days, so I would always work on a Saturday, and then Sundays I'd have off, and then I'll just you know do what I could for the money. Mm. And that was good money too. I enjoyed that. I I absolutely loved that. And when I got my money, obviously I um I did did what I could with that one um and then applied for university had to then like say Mm -hmm. to them look i'm going off to university can you just keep my hours put it at zero contract and then they were like yeah we'll see you when you come back for christmas so i went off to university and mom strictly said to me you're not working while you're out there so i don't want you to have a job i want you to concentrate on your work so different oh wow yeah Mm. no no we really led some different lives yeah we did um she was like don't work whilst you're out there i want you to concentrate on what you're doing because what you've chosen to do is really taxing on the brain so just mm-hmm. make sure that you're focusing what you need to and, and that's then, funny that you know because mom could have took that position with me but we'll i, get to I feel like she would have but because of the change in times yeah it didn't go out that way so no, no. yeah so i don't think you would have been able to afford living if you weren't working i think that was down to my choice of uni as well but we'll get Your choice to of uni and the amount you were getting yeah, with yeah. student loan yeah. but we'll get to that 
um so yeah so that was that was my lifestyle and then when i came back from uni for christmas of course i was at the supermarket Mm -hmm. i was working my hours Mm -hmm. for the christmas and then going back to uni and doing what i needed to do and i did that for the three years i was at university until i decided that i was going to leave this retail market Mm -hmm. and just go on to other things and that's when because i was already training to be a teacher um and doing my work experience whilst I'm training as a teacher to work at this preschool for the same church that we attended. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I forgot this one as well. All right. So then I said, you know what? I might as well just start going into my own I think your field. rap sheet's longer than mine. Yeah, most I, likely. I think. Which is which is Which is why I said to you that everything that I've done has been around supporting people. Mm. So my retail, yeah, the customer service, yep, the prep around um, helping people get up to date with their news and stuff. <laughs> um, you're, to then, you're always providing a service of some sort. Always providing a service which of some sort. I am also. Yeah. Yes, of course, you are. Um, and then after I did a few years working in this nursery, whilst I'm also still at university, because this is like at the near, near end of my time at uni, mm-hmm. um, then I said, you know what, let me just stop there. So after I stopped there, I decided to finish uni, graduate, and then move on to um, trying to see if I could find a job for my degree. Didn't mm-hmm. happen. Um and worked at this big old banking group. <laughs> and I stayed at this big mm-hmm. old banking group for a very long time. Those that know us know who, where we're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without going into too much detail, I can I can say I've worked for there too. Yeah. So that says a lot about where we live. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really does say a lot about where we live, working for this big old banking group. Yeah. But it really, at the time, felt good to say that I worked for a bank. Yeah. And I wasn't inside the bank, you know, like as a teller or a face-to-face customer service executive. Mm. I was on the phones or, you know, like dealing with queries that used to come up on the computer, like emails and all that stuff the good stuff that used to yeah it was yeah. it was great it was i enjoyed that yeah, so you had max. quite a varied um responsibility set of responsibilities mm. with yeah this bank so um yeah that did happen and like you said that was following you leaving university yeah 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 um, but like you said you know that was the um the, those initial years was you trying to like find yourself and like find your um working like adult life now mm-hmm. that the university bubble popped and i mean even i'm seeing that myself now but mm-hmm. you go into it in more detail yeah i do um but you see the thing is after i graduated well after i left uni and i was still working for this banking group mm-hmm. um it still did take me a while to be able to find something that related to my degree Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that I was actively looking for the whole time that I was working for this banking group because I got comfortable. And yeah. that's what happens where you're that, just like, you know what? Like, the money is good. It's actually getting me by. Let me just chill here for a bit. And that's what I did. Yeah, I chilled for uh, a long some time. Context. I mean, like, when did you graduate? When I graduated in 2011. Exactly. And these were like, you know, you were just grateful that you had a job. Exactly. Coming out of uni. Yeah, yeah, I was grateful that I had somewhere and I had something that was paying me. And also I had a car, so I needed to pay my car insurance. I also had, um, re- I felt like I needed to 
to have some sort of responsibilities for my upkeep in terms of where I lived because there was no way that I was going to like work in this big old banking group and then not pay mom anything. Although she yeah. said to me that I didn't have to, but I felt like I needed to contribute to my usage because I'm still an individual. I'm still using electricity. I'm still using water. So therefore I needed to contribute something. So that's, that's what I st- did. That's something that a lot of young people, um, uh, you know, are faced with like their parents. That's a part of, um, a parent growing their children, you know, mm. it's time for you to start, you know, paying your way and contributing. Well, she didn't tell me to pay my way. I felt like I had to because mm-hmm. she, if it were up to her, I'd be living rent free and I'd still be living rent free for now. Mm-hmm. Like right now at the big old age of 28 that mm-hmm. I am. Um, so yeah, um, um, those were the conscious things, the decisions that I made for myself going forward in terms of, um, what I was earning. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. But then things happened at this big old banking group that I was working at, and yeah. I therefore had to hand in my resignation. Mm-hmm. Um, found myself another job at this school that I yeah. will not name. Um, but again, you know, this um, it kind of coincided with your at the time decision to really like pursue a career related to your degree. Yes. So um, it seemed like fate at the time, didn't it? It definitely did. It came at the right time, and I was absolutely grateful for it because that wasn't the only school that I went for the interview for. Mm-hmm. There was another school and they were like, nah, we don't like what you had to offer. I'm just p- paraphrasing, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. But it was just like, no, we won't give you the opportunity at this time. So sorry. Good luck in your endeavors. And I was like, all right, calm, whatever. But then I went for this interview at this particular school and I walked in feeling so confident in myself. You know, like when you walk into something with a yes. Yeah, and you know. And I knew that I had this job. And I went there, did the interview. The head teacher looked at me and she was like, you know what? Let me just get back in touch with you. Um, And they were like, yeah, we'll get in touch with you in the next like three to five days, however long it was. Yeah. And then that same day, literally, as soon as I finished the interview, went back to work and I sat down, ping comes this email, we would like to offer you the job. I was like, I only left you guys an hour ago and already you're inviting me to come and accept this job offer. That's amazing. Of course, I'm accepting this job offer. But you see, the thing is, uh, me being a Christian and being so positive, I already saw it coming. I prophesied it. Mom prophesied it too at the time. It was what we needed for that moment or what I needed for that moment in terms of moving on from what I was experiencing because it was just a really rough ending to the whole banking group that I was working for. So it just needed to happen that I moved into something that God wanted me to walk into. And it was the best decision, the best thing that had happened to me for the first two years of that job. Mm -hmm. Um, Come the end obviously the experience then you know by the sounds of things it was like personal characteristics it just got really rotten amongst a few people and i just needed to walk out of that situation so Mm -hmm. i had a helping hand so to speak because i didn't hand in my resignation it was just like the role wasn't there for me anymore Mm -hmm. so i had to you know just take my tail and find myself another job only to find out that other opportunities were around at the time and I wasn't being made aware of it only to then you know hear other people say you know someone else has applied for this job and you could have actually gone for it like I wasn't given that choice I wasn't given that opportunity so I just went ahead and applied for another school got that job and I I enjoyed it I loved working there but then sometimes it's just best to cut it was it it was 
absolutely the best thing to do because you know when your season in one section has ended Mm -hmm. there's no point holding on to that season it's about making that conscious effort to realize when your roots are being uplifted and you need to be planted somewhere else and that's exactly what happened for me i was being uplifted from this one school and i needed to go into this other school and i needed to show my talents and everything that i had for this school and then just work at it and i did that i worked at this other school did what I could yeah. in terms of my talents or whatnot. It was highly appreciated and, and really recognized to the point they were like, you know what, we're going to send you to this, that course. We're going to ask you to do this, that, and we want you to do this, 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 and you're going to work by yourself. Basically, I was self-employed in this school with the role that they gave me. I worked yeah, for I myself. I wasn't under any instruction from anybody. I literally went in. I planned for myself. I did all what I needed to do and I left and I came home and whatnot. But like all opportunities, all roles does come to an end. And that's what happened for this one. I became unhappy with where I was and what mm. I was doing with my life. And therefore I had to move on. And I you just wanted, on. you just wanted more. Like I did. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more. You just wanted, you know, like more responsibility and, yeah, you made the decision you needed to make and you um, I left. Yeah. And it was all down to the fact that I was enjoying my photography a lot more. And if it wasn't for the fact that the, the, the photography took off very well to the point where I went off to London to go onto this little old island, I can't remember exactly where we went, where me, you and mum went to to do this <sighs> event. Um we're mm. not gonna try and remember the name of the place now, but no. it was just like an opportunity that It's in Kingston if anyone knows. Yeah. This opportunity that just came for me to go and take photos at this really big event Mm. and, you know, just loved every single moment of it. And then I had like a wedding to do. And then I had, it was just like event after event after event, opportunity after opportunity Mm. after opportunity for the photography. And I was just enjoying it because people started to see that I had a talent where my heart was. And that's what I carried on doing mm-hmm. like growing in that part of my life like i've been to to a point i thought am i wasting my time doing this whole teaching thing rather than doing what my heart actually wants to do yeah so yeah i was fighting a real hard battle and then i had to look at myself from an entrepreneur point of view and try to do the whole photography and that's what i did i ended up doing that and then worked with that for a bit, worked in offices, and I'm still working in an office right now, mm-hmm. doing the whole, like, saving money thing, but not really You're saving. You're ready for the next big adventure. I'm ready for the next big adventure. And look at this, doing the podcast, and who knows where this will take yeah. me. And the blogging, who the knows where that will take me. The craziest thing is even me. something like this, is it's not classed as a job. This is, this is a hobby. This that, is a hobby. That, you know, could potentially become something so much greater. So, yeah, but yeah, of course. So yeah, that's my timeline of my jobs condensed. I missed out the other office job that I had, which was what you have an experience of. Um, the insurance. Yeah, yeah. That, the health insurance job. Yeah. But for me, that I wouldn't class that as something that I did because I only did it for like three, four months. Yeah. And, and was that was my second a... job. Precisely. It was my second job. I whilst had that whilst I was at one of the schools school, that yeah. I was working at. So yeah. It's always again, been a hustle. Honestly, very similar to our mother in the sense that um, you decided to have, um, I guess, second job to supplement your your goals and mm-hmm. cool. So um, uh, I think my summary will be a lot shorter because I'm a lot younger. But mm-hmm. at the same time, in my short span, 
Yeah, so I've what would you say your first job is? So, my first job, I would be... I didn't start... My working career did not start until I was in college. So, Wendy's already beat me there. Uh, my first job was until I was 16, when he was doing something at 50. I was a volunteer at Oxfam. Mm-hmm. So there was yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and you did that with a friend as well. Yes, a uh, good friend. We're still friends now. Um, to, we've gone through all... Funnily enough, if he if he does find this, we've gone through all um, kind of educational systems together. We're even at uni together. We have just completed uni together as well. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously very rare because to come from the same hometown, go to the same college, and then obviously subsequently go to the same university without really knowing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a unique feat. So um, shout out to, uh, I'll say his name, Pristine. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, Oxfam, we did that together. We did that uh, as a, under good advice. So we started college mm-hmm. and we were talking to our careers advisors and they said the best thing to kind of, you know, get your CV started and obviously mm-hmm. get yourself looking nice mm-hmm. in the event of actual occupation was to do some volunteer work. So okay. we, on a on a Saturday, we just walked into Oxfam um, and said we wanted to be, do a bit of work for the charity. So that, that was all sorted. They were, you know, they were ecstatic to see us. Um, and we spent, it was a really quick turnaround. We spent no more than three months. I oh, think wow. Pristine got a job before myself and I was there for, you know, another three weeks after and then I got a job myself. So that mm-hmm. was really cool. And where was your next job? Um, and I'll, this again, I started my next job whilst I was at college. So I began working for a retail firm similar to Wendy, but not the exact same one. Mm-hmm. A much smaller chain, but they're, uh, you know, they're, you know, still British owned, um, but yeah, so I've been working there. So I worked there from uh, 2013 um, and then I did two years. So I stopped at 2014. Now, obviously, you know how retail works. Um, it is stock replenishment. It is customer service. It is um, working on, you know, cash handling, money management, all sorts of those things. Mm-hmm. Very brief, very quick. Obviously, I'm, you know, not even 18 yet. So to have a job like that, I'm very grateful and it really set me up. Because um, once I, you know, completed college, graduated, if you will, even though there's not really a technical graduation for college in the UK. Um, so um, I was working there up until, um, you know, out 2015. Now, you know, the common thing for people my age to do was, you know, either move straight into uni or into straight into a big career. I was the last in um, government legislation meant that I was the last um, age group to have the choice to continue university or not um no sorry uh, my mistake to to man to have the option to not do college or do college apprenticeship thing yeah so um i completed college um voluntarily which is great obviously now the kids below me have to do college whether they like it or not um and i took a decision um for my family uh of course more importantly for my future because my family is my future so uh, you know, I spent the year working, and it's a really, it's a really like interesting year. It's a really funny year because uh, in that year, in that twelve months uh, before I did go to uni, um, I worked for two places, and they're two quite on the on the on the face of it, they're two quite uh, established places. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which my sister worked for. So my first place was a car insurance broker. So I worked there for a while, and I worked there under a graduate scheme, so a college graduate scheme, which was really 
position to be a three-year scheme where I worked myself around the business, starting in, starting in sales, mm. going to customer service, going to stuff like um, insurance underwriting, going to stuff like um, PR and customer liaison, all these places. Mm. Um, by the end of the three years, I would have something to the equivalent of a degree in mm-hmm. insurance um, supplied by the University of Winchester. So really cool. Mm. Um, I've taken stuff away from that place. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm certified to sell insurance and that's good. Like I have that opportunity. Um, but you know, powers that be, uh, did not follow my favor. And there was a lot of work politics and everything regarding, um, the the company there's there's a quite young workforce at the time and mm. uh there was some you know juvenile stuff at place so mm-hmm. uh i took my decision to leave mm-hmm. and within within three weeks i found a new job so this private healthcare company um they're like a supplement healthcare company where they they aid you in um taking care of your like annual um health bills Mm-hmm. So I worked for them and I worked for them for, yeah, eight months as well. So all within the same year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that company was a lot better um, on the whole HR and kind of humanitarian side of things. Mm-hmm. But regarding the actual premise of it was very much kind of targeted at the older population and, and working towards, you know, uh, what's the word? Getting your money back. Yeah, manipulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Manipulation and kind of trickery and fear mongering and all those and things. And that's why I couldn't stay there. And, and that's exactly why I couldn't stay there. And it reflected in my performance because whilst I was on, you know, with most with most um, call center jobs, it's inbound and outbound. Mm. And inbound is a haven. Mm. everyone knows that where regardless you go inbound is a haven you are talking to people that want to talk to you yep. and you are securing business that wants to be secured yep. it's great mm-hmm. and obviously with a job like this it's commission based as well so I was doing very well mm. and you know I'm young so I'm and, you know I'm still 18 and I'm earning money I shouldn't be earning mm-hmm. um, aside from the fact that obviously like I said the reason I went into work was to supplement the household. So I was also supplementing the household and having money left over to mm-hmm. do what you wanted ridiculous to do. Ridiculous things. Yeah. I did ridiculous things. You, you know, did. Like, you yeah. definitely did. I did ridiculous Let's things. Let's not go into all of those ridiculous things. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, so I was, whilst I was in inbound, I was enjoying. And it was a good job. Mm. But when they saw my performance and thought they could try me on a outbound, so call it outreach kind of program, mm. that's when things changed. That's when you realise when uh, people do not want to be pandered to. They want to contact you when they need something. Exactly. Never the other way around. So, exactly. Um, when it got to, you know, calling existing customers and offering additional, um, you know, services and trying to pr- promote the value proposition of everything, mm. it was it was a struggle. And my performance dipped as a result. And it was a cause of concern for the company. Yeah. Now, putting that aside, because obviously... We've had similar paths with two yeah. of the companies that we've worked for. Now, you're at uni. You've been there for a few years now. You're in your last year of the third. How do you feel all of what you've experienced has enabled you to be the person that you are in terms of work or entrepreneurship? How do you think it's molded you into the point where you are now? 
Well, I mean, those, like I said, those two jobs in particular were the most kind of grounding because um, I feel like I, I have an advantage over university students. I've done the real work, world of work, mm. degreeless, the whole thing, you know, pretending almost to be a person that mm. didn't want to go to uni and um, wanted to kind of create a career. Mm-hmm. My outcome mm-hmm. was something that made me want to go to uni more because, in my opinion, it felt... Obviously, times have changed now. Say, I don't know, say someone in 2019 wants to go to uni, it's completely up to them. Mm-hmm. But back in 2016, it was advantageous to go to, to uni. go to uni. Yeah. To really separate yourself. Yeah, of course, because back then the degree was looked upon as something that you mm. could actually use. But now it's not actually something that is taken into consideration so much because you've got these other qualifications like MVQs, mm-hmm. the BTECs, the yeah, yeah, entrepreneur things. Multinational companies. That like all of those things that you could do. Quali- yeah, and, status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you get them to a level where... It, equates to what a degree would be if you just kept working at it Mm -hmm. so with that in terms of the way that the world works nowadays and you've got like i was i think i was talking to you earlier on today about different job titles that you could have as um back in the day Mm -hmm. like a lawyer teacher doctor and um I know there are different different cultures that would say, my son is this or my daughter is this. And they'd yeah. be really proud to say that their children are lawyers, their children are doctors, and yeah. they'll be looking after them to a certain degree. But now we have YouTubers. We've got influencers on yeah. social media. Social media types. We've yeah. got all of those things. How do you feel that going off to uni and getting the degree that or rather both of us going off to uni and getting the degrees that we've got mm-hmm. how do you think any of that actually is like worth any value? Like It where... depends where, where your value lies because um, you know call me an old head but uh, there are, there will always be a place for lawyers, doctors, nurses, vets. You know, the, all those traditional yeah, jobs because, because those still are needed. always needed. Mm. The new age millennial jobs of you know social media influencers, um, promoters, um, event organizers, so to speak. I know that one's a bit tenuous, mm. but um, there is it is essentially very new and it's very nuanced. So it's not quite um established it's establishing mm-hmm. and there's money involved mm-hmm. but my real like the real thing that everyone needs to think about when it comes to those new kind of jobs in social media or the internet is fundamentally what change are you affecting a society with yeah um a doctor can say he can save lives and he can say that confidently a veterinarian can say he can save lives yeah um you know um a social worker again saves lives or changes people's lives, mm-hmm. um, and those kind of traditional jobs. But mm-hmm. a social, a social media activist or an influencer or a promoter or a marketer of those forms, mm-hmm. you know, what can they truly say they're doing to society? Are they affecting them positively or negatively? Are well, influencers looking doing at it? the way that the world is now? Those forms of entrepreneurs, um, I feel with Mm. the minds of our youngsters of today, they really do a great job in influencing them on the next level makeup, next level 
item of clothing to wear. They do a really great job of that and they, they, they influence them in terms of pushing them towards these brands that are asking them to do these promotions. Mm. And they're so that these being brands are quite well for that. Of course. Because these brands are making money. Mm. These people are making money on top of these brands. And then these people are following what these people are doing because, oh, she's wearing that bikini. Where did she get that bikini from? Let me just go and find it. Mm. Like the question you had today from your girlfriend, Mm -hmm. what shop does your sister actually go and shop from? Yeah. Like, I didn't expect me to be that much of an influencer, Mm. but... I feel like, but yeah, but that's that's that influencer is, a, is quite a broad term. Then, if you say it like that, because there's the influencers that call themselves influencers that have you know the mass following on you know those social media platforms, right. and then you have the peer like peer to peer influencers, like you said with yourself and my girlfriend. Because mm-hmm. I, I as an old head, have to go to you, mm-hmm. um, not as an old head, but also as a male, I have to go to you as a female and ask for recommendations of where to where to go. Her, yeah, and that's always how it used to be. You know, if my mom or anyone older than me needed to work out where to get something or the best place to go get something. Mm-hmm. You would ask a peer, and that's how it always was before the internet and before everything else. Right. So the world we live in, where now if you need something, you Google it and you find. You, you literally type in anything and then put near me, mm-hmm. and it will show you. You know, you know, even down to the point one of a mile mm-hmm. where the nearest thing is mm-hmm. for you to go get that commodity. Yeah. That's where that's the world we live in now. Where my mom, whereas my mom or anyone older than that would be. Uh, say I need some small supplies, some small commodity, even something like a sewing kit, like mm. needles, etc. She'd have to ask someone and then that person would tell her, you have to run into town. Yeah. You have to go here, you have to go there. And mm-hmm. she'd have to forage. Yeah, she would. The The game is different now. And, and though it's good and though it's, you know, technology is designed for ease, mm-hmm. it's always designed to make human life better yeah we're okay. losing that kind of human interaction quick, quick question then because yeah. this is something that baffled me and i know for me the answer to this question but do you think that's an advantage or a disadvantage to the way that society works now depends what what you deem an advantage or disadvantage if you're talking about a person needing to get something mm-hmm. and to see it happen and it done and it achieved, mm-hmm. it's an advantage. There is no need for um, peer-to-peer interaction for you to find whatever you need. Say mm. you broke something and you need to replace it. Yeah. Google. Mm-hmm. Fine. Yeah. But in the same sense, <laughs> I, my, my dissertation was about this, funny enough, because mm-hmm. I did automation in retail marketing. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my dis. That nice. was a plug. Anyway, well <laughs> I literally, my work was to decipher whether or not humans in this day and age want human interaction like peer-to-peer interaction and my findings were Mm -hmm. that we want both we do want both because if you haven't realized most of the big named supermarkets nowadays Mm. have both tills working and self-service options the self-service options are what i know everybody is used to using them now but Mm -hmm. they are the quickest options to use yeah because having that interaction with another human being on the till is so daunting that you just want to get your stuff and go yeah and and this and this of course appeals to there's always this demographic it 
it's been there through the dawn of time that there's people that you know um are not as adept in social situations so they mm. really respond well to um things that require less social interaction yeah and that's great because mm. there are people that are introverts or people that are shy or etc yeah. yeah it's good um, self-service is good for that it is but we have an older generation that do and like they do love a chat they, they do, do love a chat love social and sometimes that's the only chat they'll have for the day but you know that's for another podcast um but yeah wanting to round this off now i know we started and it was about getting paid and working and mm. hustling as the time scale well the time that we live in now how difficult or easy do you think it is to continue being an entrepreneur i would um i'd say it's easier 100 percent um regarding stuff like knowing the market is so much easier mm. again the internet does that mm-hmm. so we know where we can receive immediate feedback on an idea whether that be through like more natural realms or so stuff like focus groups or interviews or questionnaires mm. or more online um based things like again questionnaires or looking at where the market has a gap so in regards to services or product provision mm-hmm. we can work out easily and quickly that this is a need and that needs to be serviced mm-hmm. we can even more quickly provide promotion and inject your product into the market through social media okay. or even stuff like um facebook now people need to understand facebook is a crazy service yeah but i find like the, the all the algorithm and everything because obviously with my business as i'm running mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur i'm working on hustling i'm also hustling against the algorithms i'm hustling against facebook and instagram and the way that they work yeah but you gotta remember the algorithm is designed to benefit facebook so they'll un- they'll only benefit you once you benefit them and obviously mm. their benefit probably proposition is money your benefit proposition is exposure so you need to give money in order to get exposure mm. and people don't have that capital resource no, they all the don't. Time. especially if there so, are new business starting out that they, they're unlikely to have that much disposable mm. income to be able to say let me just pay for this ad and yeah. run it for a week real exactly. quick facebook is uh, have developed a way where they can quantify the level of exposure and reach that you can achieve mm. And they've quantified it to money. So this is where the people that do well and people that succeed are the ones that pay into it. And they pay thousands a month like mm-hmm. for any marketing campaign or anything like that. Mm. And obviously, they for them to do that, they believe that they have uh, they will get enough back to mm-hmm. make the marketing worthwhile. That's very rarely the case, though. So you really have to make sure that what you're marketing is stuff that whoever you reach need mm-hmm. again this is down to market research and you don't do that you know half-heartedly you need you to spend to time it. on it. yeah you have to which is again you know like a lot of hustling and a lot of working and trying to get paid as mm-hmm. much as you can but again you know facebook's only one way of doing things you have so many other ways now and i mean instagram you know i know it's owned by facebook i think yeah, Instagram is owned by Facebook, so yeah. is WhatsApp. Yeah. But you see, the thing is, word of mouth is still a very much needed thing because as much as Facebook is great for reaching the public near and far, and same for Instagram and Twitter is another thing that I'm very a big fan of, um, word of mouth does 
do wonders because once somebody hears mm-hmm. that, oh, this friend of mine or this person that I knew didn't know that she did all of this. Like recently it happened to me at work. Um, there's this woman who's about to get married and she's like, I need a photographer. Mm-hmm. Didn't know you were a photographer. Someone told me, a little birdie told me that you're a photographer and I'd like to talk to you about my wedding day. And um, hopefully we can come up with something. So I was just like, yeah, whatever let's do it not like that but you know mm. it's just like oh great this is something that didn't happen from my page didn't happen from anything that i put out there it was just like a word of mouth from some other friend of mine to this yeah. person and she reached out to me because of that and now i'm going to be the photographer for her wedding so yeah um looking at that from that point of view it doesn't always need to be on social media because word of mouth is still just as good in this day and age um well, I think we've exhausted the topic of working 100%. and hustling, um, looking at life as it is now with us as young adults growing into this whole economy of social media and... Yeah, I mean, the, the, the area that is social media is something that could be unpacked for days. Like, this mm. is something that, I mean, we touched on on this episode, but if we wanted to really talk about the power of social media and the fact that it is, a, you know, a billion dollar industry... Mm-hmm. It, we'd be here for hours we definitely would be here for hours but um one thing i will take away though and i hope you will too is that our experiences especially with the example that we have had shown to us from the start with our own mother being an entrepreneur from and you know like she's never had one job there's always been two maybe three sometimes and it wasn't just like I know I mentioned the hot dog thing, and mm-hmm. then I mentioned the um, the hospital where she was, the, the one that was so... making the meals for the hospital patients. Yeah. And then when we came to the UK, she then worked as a, um, a cleaner, um, and then from being a cleaner, she went into working in the care home, and that's what she did for a very long number of years whilst we were in work, working in the UK. Now she is getting older, of course. She's reduced to just one job because Mm -hmm. there is only so much the body can cope with after a long length Mm -hmm. of time so with her as our main example of what hard work and working and getting paid and being a hustler and being an entrepreneur looks like Mm -hmm. i think it's paved the way for us as young adults oh yeah 100 percent. do you you not remember the time in college when i was i made my clothing company yes your little t-shirt printing thing and that page i was talking to somebody the other day about that you know it's still up yeah Yeah, i know it's still up i know it's still up and then i even said to you i was bragging about my brother saying ah he had like an order from really far away and he had to send that order out like from something that started as a college project to being was, almost a was, successful yeah, business. Was, yes, it was. <sighs> yeah. So looking at that, that's something that it you was crazy. possibly I made, could pick up again. Um, obviously, I've got kind of a graphic design background. So I designed all the t-shirts, printed them, sourced mm. the t-shirts, everything in regards to that. And I obviously had um, compadres that dealt with the finance. Obviously, I had my hand in a lot of it as well. But yeah. Um, it takes. I, I will not take anything away from those that were with me. Again, shout out to Pristine because he was a part of this group too. Mm. Um, but obviously, we did. We did look at finance. We did look at um, you know marketing, and we did look at the kind of exposure that we needed. And mm-hmm. it was successful in regards to peer to peer sales. Mm-hmm. Really successful. We actually did win 
um, the entrepreneurial competition. In my, you know, 22 years, I've worked, uh, you know, I want to say seven or eight places. We're from the island that anyone can take anything and make it into a business and it will thrive. Mm -hmm. So for us, working on hustling is a second nature, basically. We've seen it from our own mother. But in terms of having hustlers as parents, um, we definitely had that. And therefore, Mm -hmm. we are naturally just hustlers and entrepreneurs and we will do anything that we can do in terms of um, getting where we need to be now for all of those out there looking into going into something along the lines of their own dreams or you know like you're in university at the moment studying and not really sure if what you're working for in terms of your degree is for you please don't be disheartened because I can definitely say as an ex-teaching graduate student and tried to use my degree multiple times, eventually did use my degree. If it's not for you, then it's not for you. Mm. And as a recent university graduate myself, um, having seen my sister go through what she's gone through and having seen what UK um, is going through kind of nationally, it's actually okay not to use your degree. You, you can use your degree, but you don't have to go into that exact career. And that's okay, too. Mm-hmm. And for those that you don't even want to go to university, there are so many other avenues to explore. It is. And I think it is so important to just follow your heart. Do what you feel you need to do. Stop looking at what society is saying to you to follow into. Because society, most of the time, gets it wrong. Mm. You are the one who understands what your heart needs to do. What you need to do for yourself yourself even and yeah whatever makes you happy you go and you thrive you go and you achieve that and you just you just do the damn thing do the damn thing do the damn thing um yeah so that's it you've officially been told by when and dare mm-hmm. um hope you've enjoyed this one it's a bit long but you know that's to be expected with the kind of topic it is passing, yeah, yeah. Yeah. especially with the conversation that we've had I hope you haven't yeah, it's flowed quite nicely it has definitely has alright um, so if you want to stay connected you can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at as told by when my personal handle is at la jamaican femme you can follow me there i'm on twitter and instagram and um if you want to follow my brother deron uh, yeah my instagram is deron ww and my twitter is just des two z's and underscore so yeah it'll be on the description definitely so. will be well um thank you all for listening um again i i definitely enjoyed this one this is episode three mm-hmm. we've done three episodes well three episodes. i've done three episodes um looking forward to the next one for sure are we gonna do the next one together um yeah whatever the topic may be i'll see what i'm saying yeah we'll see what happens but yeah thanks guys for listening hope you enjoyed um and until next time walk good and look where you go